Good morning, everyone. Now I'm going to assume the daylight savings time change is what's causing the problem here because it's kind of light for 8.30. Um, so we'll wait and see if people start coming in at 9.15. <laughs> then we will know for sure. Friends, uh, last week Deacon Dale gave us a great homily uh, and uh, he spoke about Jesus' time uh, in the desert. And this week, uh, uh, this gospel has Jesus in a different place. Uh, he uh, is uh, on a mountain. And recall, uh, in Old Testament, on a mountain is where one often encountered God. And um, a mountaintop recounted in today's gospel was a wondrous event, certainly for Peter and James and John. Uh, they got a glimpse, if you will, of the glory of Jesus Christ. They got the truth of who he is. There they heard the words of the Father. Listen to him. The journey to that mountain of transfiguration, if you will. It was Mount Tabor, or Haran, uh, but uh, where the transfiguration took place, that journey there was rough for them. Uh, the journey began, uh, if you study scriptures, with Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ of God, that he is the Messiah. And Jesus then explained the Messiah had to suffer and die, but he would rise. And the disciples, as you remember, we studied this, uh, they were not having it. Uh, they were not going to listen to it. Um, for them, this was a horrendous idea. Uh, it was, uh, if we can liken it to something, it was as if they just found out their best friend was dying of cancer and only had weeks or months to live. The account of the transfiguration uh, begins with these words. Now, uh, our lectionary that we use, the gospel, uh, is edited. And so if you go to Matthew uh, 17, uh, this chapter opens up with, after six days, Jesus took them. So uh, for six days, then, they carried this news of Jesus' impending death in their minds and in their hearts. But on the seventh day, Jesus took them up to the mountain, Peter and James and John. There on the seventh day, on the mountaintop, they saw the glory and the divinity of Jesus of Nazareth. Friends, here on this seventh day, on the mountain that we call the Christian Sabbath, we are given the chance to get the bigger picture also, a deeper meaning, because that's what they were having. They were having an epiphany moment, and Jesus was having what we call a theophany moment, uh, or kairos. And uh, Sunday is our Sabbath as Christians, our day of the Lord. It is a very fundamental feast day for us. On Sunday, we relive the experience of the disciples on the road to Emmaus, where they come to recognize Jesus in the recounting of the scriptures and in the breaking of the bread. Every Sunday, then, is like a little Easter for us. The challenge is, is that many of our folks get absorbed so much on the weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they use it for catch-up time, uh, uh, sometimes uh, for many things, and um, that's okay, but Sunday is much more than that for us. It is a chance to experience the sacred. It is a day to enjoy the fruits of your labor and to enjoy family and friends. Jesus was very clear about what the Sabbath was about. 
Sunday is the day of the Lord when we hear the word of God. And we are supposed to apply it to our lives and receive a great gift of our Lord in the Eucharist for us Catholics. It is a time for us to see our life in the light of Jesus' Paschal mystery. And to recall that in everything we do, we are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ every day. Uh, and that we are to walk in holiness. And uh, Sunday being the Sabbath is also a day of the church then for Christians. When we are reminded that we are part of a community of faith. And that our life is part of the church's life. And that the church's life and her concerns and her challenges and her successes are also yours because the church is its people. So uh, the concerns of Mother Church then is the concerns of you. And the successes of the church are the successes of you. So it does matter to you. And that's why, for other reasons, you need to be here. <laughs> There's other reasons too, yes, I've put them forth to you already. For us, the celebration of Sunday Mass with word and sacrament becomes for us disciples, the source and summit of our faith. So the Sabbath, Sunday is a day of the Lord, is a day of the church, and it's much more, of course. Sunday is all of these things. It is our time on the mountain when we get a larger vision and put things into perspective and allow his grace to fill us so that we may grow in holiness. But it takes effort to get here, and then when you are here, to be fully present, leaving all the other things outside in the parking lot and picking them up when you leave. They'll be waiting for you. But leave them out there, creating space for God. Here, Sunday is a time when we come close to the Lord. We come to hear His truth and to experience His Eucharist. We join our prayers to His sacrifice. We renew our discipleship, profess the creed and all we believe. What we believe are his truths. And those truths bind us together. And we come to know and experience God. We are called every week to the mountain um, that is prayer, that is our Sunday Mass. Here we learn to leave behind the false gods and the false ways as Abraham did in the first reading. God told him, I want you to leave all those things behind and go where I tell you to go. And he does. Here we come to know the grace of a new and eternal covenant. We come to understand Jesus as he speaks about eternal life and a life of holiness, not according to our own design, as the reading said, but according to his design, according to his ways. Here we receive grace and fortitude that will assist us in the difficult days as Jesus says to each one of you from the scriptures, rise and do not be afraid. Amen? Rise and do not be afraid. Sunday Mass is one of the defining marks of our Catholic identity and about how serious we really are about walking in holiness, being true disciples of Christ. And my I know deacons heard this before. I hear it all the time. And people say, well, I don't have to go to church on Sunday. I can pray to God anywhere. Maybe they can, but they usually don't. <laughs> That's just something they say. And the truth of the matter is, you can say your prayers in Costco. You can say your prayers at Safeway. 
You can say your prayers in the parking lot. And you can come here. You can do it all. <laughs> right? Yeah? Yeah? The difference is, here at Mass we are assured of his presence in the word and in sacrament. It is more than just a time of personal prayer. Here we join our prayer to the prayer of the church. Jesus has no need anymore to be transfigured, for he is now in glory with his Father. However, <laughs> the Lord doesn't need Sunday. We do. <laughs> right? Amen. Amen. Exactly. It's for us. And this is why it becomes so important for us to be here. Uh, my friends, I'm going to read the letter from the Archbishop uh, regarding um, our current climate. Uh, which we're in with COVID-19 or the coronavirus. And in his response, a response to the spreading virus must reflect how we as disciples of Jesus express our love of God and neighbor. And uh, he went on, in caring for all members of our community, especially the elderly and those who are vulnerable or those who are at risk because of other underlying health conditions, we need to carry out the mission of the church and we will do so in a particular way. So the Archbishop has urged all of us to stay home from Mass if you feel sick. He, in a, he sends us, uh, in a private way, messages to ourselves. This was a very public letter. Uh, but he wanted us pastors to remind everybody that when you are ill um, and you cannot come, the burden of the, of the Sabbath is lifted from you, meaning coming to Mass is lifted. Uh, you don't incur any sin or penalties. Don't get the Eucharist either because you can't get it unless you're here. So uh, there's no penalty, if you will. Um, so know that if you're ill, seriously, uh, or you feel uh, maybe the illness is coming on, not only just, I'm, not, I'm talking about the flu also and the cold, then stay home. And uh, he also has said practice good hygiene, uh, washing our hands frequently. And he's asked all of us Catholics now to avoid hand-to-hand -hand contact. Um, some parishes do this at the Our Father, so he's asked those parishes that are doing that not to do that. And uh, he's also asked at the sign of peace that we do not extend our hand to others. Now, husband and wives will do as they do. <laughs> Family members here will do as they do. <laughs> you guys will do what you do, huh? But uh, for all of us, he's asked that we not extend our hand. But he said, uh, and I agree with him, but look at the person when you're saying, peace be with you. Don't just say peace. <laughs> Look away. That's kind of rude. Uh, but we can look and peace be with you. Um, so let us do that. And um, he asked that all holy water be removed from the fonts. Uh, we have done so. Uh, and uh, he's asked that communion hosts be received only in the hand and not on the tongue until further notice. 